0: Lauren Bond in the Metabolic Studio offers the Explorers Club to share meaningful journeys, encounters, and projects in an intimate setting at the Metabolic Studio. Session 19A, July 22, 2016, features Sarah McCabe and her presentation, Journey to Ecuador into Safarad Territory. Let's tune in, connect, and listen.
1: those of you that don't, okay, so this is a picture of Ecuador. The north is down there where all those little dots are, and the south is where all of those squares are, let's say oil blocks. Okay, so the history in Ecuador, for people that don't know, is oil extraction began in the north of Ecuador in the 1960s by Texaco, and they were there for 28 years, Um, Some are calling it the the worst oil disaster on the planet. They spilled over 18 million gallons of crude oil, dumped dumped 4.3 billion gallons of toxic wastewater, and left behind over 1,000 open Superfund waste pits. Texaco was bought by Chevron in 2001, and in 2013, thousands of Indigenous people gathered together and actually had a lawsuit against Chevron that won and so Chevron was ordered to, play, to pay $9.5 billion to be used for cleanup, clean water, and health care. So instead of paying the lawsuit, Chevron basically just pulled up their assets, left the country, and have never paid a dime. So the Ecuadorian people in the north have never seen a penny. People are dying of cancer. All of the people have been colonized. Um, I it, mean, it's just it's a nightmare. Um, there's an organization there called Clearwater that is doing something called toxic where they're bringing people there and showing them the devastation. Um, Okay, so that's some of the background of the history. So how this this started... Okay, so that's happening, and so they've been gone for about five or six years. They haven't paid a penny, but that kind of really brought a lot of indigenous people together. Even though they haven't seen a penny, they um, are educating the other indigenous people that are now in the South. So the Ecuadorian government is totally in debt, and they just opened up... Um, I think like 12 million acres to China for oil drilling. They're not there yet, but they're slated to be in there by the end of 2016. Um, And 60% of these blocks that they've opened for oil drilling are in the territory of an indigenous group of people called the Sápara. So the Sápara are let me, okay, so let me you okay so this you can see right here These are this is a map of a lot of the indigenous people that are in. this is all southern ecuador right here this territory right here this is zapra territory this is where i went right in the center if you see these two blocks right here this is the portion that has been opened up to china for oil drilling so it's smack in the center of the ecuadorian amazon forest and it's taking up over 60 percent of the sapra people's territory so is that, is that white line on the top? Is that the Amazon River? This whole River. portion here These are all is the Amazon. These are all tributaries. Let me see if I have another map. Okay. It shows. It's okay. It on Yeah. So if you look at that map, it yeah. shows the whole country. And the area that we were just looking at is the pink zone. Okay. And that green okay. in between, right? Okay. Yeah. So that, that other map is a zoom in on that area. Okay, yeah. And so the Chinese are already in this territory right here, which is called the Yasuni National Park. So they've gone in and they've started drilling in the national park. The only reason that they're able to do that is because there's no people there <laughs> to protect it. So right next to the Zakara territory are a community of Kichwa people they are right here and their community is called Seriaku, and there's 1,200 of them and they're, so far they're the only indigenous community in Ecuador that have basically been able to keep oil drilling out of their territories. And the way that they did this was that early on um, there was a guy that left the community and learned how to use a video camera and learned communication skills and then did outreach to the world and was able to set up a communication system and basically outreach to the international community and then have a radio system to basically get organized to keep the oil drilling out of their territory. I mean, they came in, they planted explosives all over the place, but they actually got them to leave. I'm going to show you just like the first five minutes. So, okay, so these are the people of Sariaku and I don't know how many, let me just explain this really quick. So... Lauren and the Metabolic Studio has given a $100,000 grant to Amazon Watch for a communications piece, which is basically empowering the people, the Sapara people. Okay, the Sapara people, there used to be 200,000 of them. There's now 560 left on the planet. So There's only four of them that, that speak Sapara and they're all in their late 70s. So 60% of their ancestral land has been opened up for oil drilling. So this grant that we've been giving them is empowering all of these communities to travel to Seriapu to learn how to use this communication system. It's a solar-powered radio held communication system and it's also, they're going to have internet for the first time, so they're going to be able to communicate their stories out to the world and communicate with each other. These people have never had contact with the outside world. They've never had phones. They've never had any of this. Their way of you know, and there's no roads into these communities, by the way. It's like, you know, it's an eight or nine hour... No, it's like a 20-hour canoe ride. But a lot of these places aren't even accessible by canoe. So the other thing that the grant is doing is it's it, it basically paying for a solar, a solar communication system and workshops for the people of Sapra to go to Sariyaku... So here's a brief outline, really quick, if you guys want to read this, of, of the grant. Everybody ready? Okay. So I'm going to show a short film. So Seriaku is named after the, the corn that used to float down the rivers, Their native corn, that's the name of the the, the word. So this is a 20-minute film that was made by someone in the community, and I'll just show the first five minutes of it. So this is a film about Seriaku and how these people Kept oil drilling out off their off their land.
0: Hemos recorrido miles de kilómetros para que alguien al fin atienda nuestro pedido. Esta es la Corte Interamericana de Derechos Humanos. Está en este Rica. Muchas gracias. Nosotros somos el pueblo originario quichua de San sabemos cuáles son nuestros derechos y los estamos defendiendo por eso hemos venido ante este tribunal
1: hemos venido
0: desde lejanas tierras de Sarayaco del río de maíz nosotros somos descendientes del jaguar hijos de Amazán Garuna hijos del pueblo del mediodía Aquí hemos nacido. Esta es nuestra casa. Se ubica en Ecuador, en la región Amazónica. Mi nombre es Heriberto Hualinga. Pertenezco al pueblo originario quichua de Sarayacu Somos más o menos 1,200 personas en mi comunidad. Este es nuestro territorio ancestral. Hemos vivido aquí desde tiempos inmemoriales. Para nosotros, la selva es la vida. La selva nos da nuestra identidad de pueblo indígena, nuestras creencias Están basadas en los seres vivientes y los seres espirituales que habitan en el Nuestra vida como pueblo depende de nuestro medio natural. Algo que defender con dignidad. Una buena casa, cultivando, comiendo, conociendo muchos árboles, conociendo plantas, animales, pescando, sin pedir limosna a nadie.
1: That's chicha. That's a a food that they make, It's what's their highest calorie content. That's what they eat primarily. It's um, a fermented yucca. They take it and they actually I think chew on it and then spit it out and then like, I don't know why they do it that way. But then they put it into these big ceramic pots and let it ferment. And then sometimes it ferments for a long time and it becomes alcohol and they mix it with water and it becomes this liquid drink. Other times they make it into patties. This is their primary food. Wow. If we want, we can, go, we can pass around and read this. I don't know what you think. So Nina is the niece of, um, I forgot his name, but the guy that, was, that learned how to communicate and made that film of the people of Sarayakos. Um The small girl that you saw in the film, that is Nina's little sister. So these are primarily the four organizations that I met with and I communicated with. Amazon Watch has been in the Amazon for years. They work all over the Amazon. Pachamama Alliance has worked primarily in Ecuador, um, mostly with the Ashuar people in the north, but now they're working with people of Sarayaku and the Sapra as well. Um, they've been really, really successful in, in helping them with legal and helping them go to the international courts. That whole thing that you heard about the rights of nature in, ne- in Ecuador, that was the indigenous people and Pachamama Alliance that fought for that. It wasn't Korea. It wasn't the, the president. I mean, he kind of gets credit for that, is giving rights to nature, but it was actually the indigenous people that brought that forward with the help of Pachamama Alliance. Hachamama Alliance was kicked out of the country three months ago for organizing um, 300 indigenous women from all of these indigenous communities that walked 300 miles to the capital to protest mining and oil drilling in their territories. It was a peaceful demonstration, but they're basically really good at what they do. So um, the president has kicked them out of the country um, and shut them down. Um, Runa Foundation, that... Elliot, he's the one, where I went to, Runa Foundation, they're all connected um, Runa Foundation um, you'll meet Elliot later um, they're working Mason, you know what, let me just read this Hold on. Um, okay, so this is Minari Minari is the leader and the head shaman of the Sapara people when I flew into Quito, the first the second night that I was there, we Elliot, who runs Runa Foundation, organized a little gathering, and so we got to go and meet with Belen, who was the communications director for Pachamama, but is now back in the country working with Runa in the Sapra, not as Pachamama Alliance, because they wouldn't let her in. Um, and so we had a meeting with Minari, and he told me this incredible story. So he... So we sat down and we had dinner and the first thing that he told me, so when I went, I literally thought that China was already in and I was excited that we were, you know, going to fund this communications piece, but to me it was sort of, you know, I didn't know if it would work. It just seemed like such a huge um, issue. So the first thing that Minari told me was he he, he sat down with us and he said, you know, thank you so much for this communications grant. and he said I basically just got back from the Amazon and I just had a meeting with thirteen of the Sapro communities. And in order for him to do that, he had to travel eight hours on a canoe down to meet and have an assembly with all of the all of the heads of those of the Sapro communities. And what he actually did was his mother, who's in his nineties, she decided to go with him because two of the different two of the different tribes actually want him dead. So they sent the mother there. The mother, her name is Mukasawa, and so she showed up, and they all loved her so much that they decided that they were going to start the meeting. And she started the meeting by having all of the different 13 communities ask for forgiveness. So this just happened literally two days before I got there, which is really incredible. So he was telling me this. So she had all of the communities ask for forgiveness and then to create an alliance against oil drilling. um, Some of the, the... the things that they decided in the alliance was that they they all made peace with each other and they started an alliance to stand in, uni- in, in unity against oil drilling. They all made the statement that they were willing to fight to the death. They feel that they're in a state of extinction and they are willing to die to protect their forests. Um, They all agreed that they were going to all travel to Sarayaku and to the capital to give testimony and to... Most of these people have never left the Amazon. He has because he's been speaking internationally to try to, you know, tell people about their plight. Um, They also agreed to set aside a reserve in all of their areas where there would be no, no hunting. Um... All of the young people stepped forward and decided that they all want to be trained by the elders to become healers, which was really incredible. Um, and they all agreed that they were willing and wanted to share their um, knowledge of medicinal plants and to to the outside world and to people. So they were open to having people coming into their communities. And the young people said, we want to become healers. We want to learn from the elders. And we want to use this communication system to tell our story to the world. And we're willing to do anything we can to keep the oil drilling out of our territory. Mm-hmm. So, they, they, so it's kind of incredible. So um, how did you hear about this? You Through your friends? Hear about what? Just All yes. of these outcomes. Were you there? Yeah, no, I was there. Okay. I, this did was the second it? night I was there. Yeah. You recorded it? I didn't. Oh. Oh. So did anybody? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. That's a document we should have. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Because I mean, I mean. that's the kind of thing that would have led as a communication strategy if not as powerful without something. I know. So Incredible. And I just thought I was going to have dinner. And if you can find any, any recording. Yeah. The other thing is, I can always do a, a phone recording if not and have him tell the story again. I know. It's not the same I know, I know, I know. It definitely felt like an incredible moment um, to be, you know, to be told all this information. And I had no idea that any of this was happening, and a lot of this was brought on by this communications grant. I mean, they are organizing, and we are helping on the front lines of this happening right now. Um, So... Off we went. We all got up the next morning. We met at 5 a.m. and got into Elliot's truck and started out on this road. The road that we rode was called Camillo del Orleano. Um, It was the earliest, one of the oldest roads in Ecuador and in the Amazon. It's from the 1400s. It is the road that connected the mountains to the Amazon. So it's an ancient, ancient road. Um, It was named by one of the first conquistadors. In the Amazon, um, and he he also was the one that named the Amazon. The Amazon, and it was named after a Greek myth because he was attract he was attacked by a tribe of Amazonian women in the rainforest, <laughs> and so he called it the Amazon based on the Greek myth about Amazon women warriors. Um, so we were traveling from the highlands in Quito, in the capital, down through this valley, which they call the Valley of Cinnamon, um, down to a place called Shell, which we were then are going to fly into the Sapura territory. Here's just another picture of a place in Quito that I thought was sort of beautiful. There's Elena. So I was traveling with, so it was me, my friend Autumn, um, Elliot, who runs the Runa Foundation, Minari. And Belen, who's the communications director for Pachamama Alliance. She's been there in, for 20 years working. Um, and little Elena, who's the goddaughter, who's from Sarayaku. So she came with us. She's 14 now. Um, there's Elliot. So here we are in the car. That's me and Belen in Minari. Wow. So this is the whole, this is going down through the valley. And I mean, there were probably 20 waterfalls. And you could just feel I I totally had altitude sickness in keto, which was interesting. And literally, like as we started driving down, I started feeling different. Um, I had a bad headache and it was fine. I was so happy to be there that I didn't care. So we stopped in this little community. I forgot the name of it, unfortunately, but it's known for taffy. <laughs> I thought this was kind of cool. There's a guy so stretch cool. making taffy. That's <laughs> Yeah, Minari bought like 20 pounds of it for the kids. Life. Yeah. Yeah. So here's our here's the plane, here's the little Cessna we got into. So we came into a little tiny town that's called Shell after oil drilling. Terrible. So we were divided up into two groups and we got into this plane. It was quite scary. Honestly, it was real. it was really scary. Oh my god. It was like all right. We'll see. No, it just felt really like, I don't know. Like I a mean, little tin. Yeah, like a little tin and thing. And you're like riding, <laughs> like flying straight into the Amazon. You know there's no real runway. It just you're, you're, you know, you're landing right in the, do- you know, in the middle of, you know. So this is where we were going. So you can see on the small, that's Shell. we were flying into Sakura territory. We're going to go visit the Naku Center. You can see right there. So this is where we started out, all these rivers above us. And you can see that Amazon, the trees, it just stretches for miles, millions and millions of acres. No roads for most of it. Um, I also wanted to say, I mean, a lot of um, people don't realize this, but these particular, especially in the Yasuni National Park, I mean, it actually really is considered the most biodiverse place on the planet. Um, There's more species, more diversity of species here than anywhere, and there's more species living in one single tree than all of the species of United States, Canada, and Mexico combined in one tree. I mean, it, it is so alive. It's just, there's millions of species. And this is actually, a lot of scientists believe that because of the mountainous area here, that they actually believe that during the ice age, that the crevices of this place many 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 species actually survived the ice age so they actually believe that this is where species came from because they actually survived the ice age in these crevices which is you know so one half of this rainforest has never been in the inventory so they have no idea what species are even alive plants animals insects you know, reptiles they, they don't even know what's there. So it's crazy that they would even think about going in and oil drilling. So the Ecuadorian rainforest is the gateway to the Amazon, said to have the highest concentration of species diversity on the planet. It's been named like mega diversity. Um, there's several microclimates that the watershed passes through en route. Um, the mountainous terrain has allowed species to flourish. So this is our flight in. Did you see any human habitation? No, I mean, you perhaps. see it as as you're flying out, just for, like, a couple minutes, you see human population, and then it's all just forest. Like, there's just nothing but forests. Do you know what called these trees are? They're big. They're huge. <laughs> there's a pretty interesting Werner Herzog film. I don't know if, Lauren, you if you've seen it, or anyone has seen it. It's Coralda. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not that one. The documentary of the making no, no, but no, there's another one by him that's the story, it's a documentary of a girl in the 1960s that was on a commercial plane over the, the Peruvian Amazon, and the plane crashes, and she's the lone survivor. No, She's 17 years old, and she lands in a tree, and she survives and makes it back out to civilization. And there was 90 people on the flight, and she's the sole survivor, so it tells the story of how she survived. Pretty interesting. one wants to see it. Okay, so here we are landing. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, okay, we're still alive. So the whole village, of course, came re- running out to see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boa. Um. So here we are landing in Sapura territory. Of course, again, there's no roads, there's no cell phones, there's no hospitals, there's no electricity. Um, so here we are, this was the first thing I saw was this woman coming out with this marmosat in her hair. I'm sure some of you have seen this picture. Quite incredible. Oh my God. Wow,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like dolls, are
1: right? they? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they just come out of the forest like that. They're, they're not like pets they keep in their house. No, they're pets. They're pets. Yeah. I think they probably. I didn't ask, but I think they probably ate the parents. Yes, yeah,
0: that's that is <laughs> most the- likely.
1: Yeah, they probably they hunt because they hunt. They're hunters, and they hunt the wild boars. And they're definitely meat eaters. So they probably, or maybe they just said we want a monkey, and they went out and found that little baby monkey. I didn't ask. I didn't want to know. I was like, oh, God, uh, don't think tell me. is. Don't the, tell me. I don't want to know. This is River. Her name is River. And so uh, most of the people be, you know, speak Kichwa, and some of them speak Spanish. So Kichwa was the indigenous language that was taught during the, the, the conquistador days, which was sort of a universal indigenous language. If you've made it out of the Amazon, that was the, the indigenous language that you would use to communicate with all the other tribes, which was Kichwa. So as I said before, there's only four people left that still speak, speak Sapara. Um, so this is River. This is Berlin. Sitting there, here's, the, here's the community. Yeah. They are. They want to. They actually want to make a book, a picture book, with all of the plants and all of the animals that's in Sapara so that all of the kids... Great. They have a little school there, a one-room little schoolhouse where they're trying to um, teach all the kids. Are they playing soccer? Yeah, they're playing soccer. Yeah, and they requested... They said, can you bring some Frisbees next time? Oh! <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh. Frisbees. Frisbees. Oh, beautiful, beautiful people. So... So they all lovingly came out and welcomed us and were hanging on us and holding our hands and there's just animals everywhere. So they brought us this beautiful jungle lemon lemon water that we drank and then they brought us all into Oh, oh, yeah, oh they, my made my us, they made us drink chicha. Oh, wow. So wow. I was wow. so like, woo! I mean, I was like, so... I can't even tell you how happy I was when I was there. I mean, look at that little thing on my head. I mean, how could you not be happy? my oh, <laughs> <no way. laughs> <laughs> head Ah, it's so a little pigmy marmoset. Mean, so uh, Elena said that she had one when she was growing up too. She had it. She was given a little it. <laughs> And it's really expressive. It's, it looks mad and it looks sad. And it looks concerned. It's like so expressive. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, I'll sh- okay. I'll show you more pictures. But I was like, oh, should I put too many set pictures in there? No. I <laughs> I have a lot of pictures of the marmistet. Believe me. So the first thing we did, so we met all the animals and then they wouldn't let us go anywhere. They brought us into the ceremonial house and then they cleaned, they cleansed the city off of all of us. So we all had to go up, we all had to go around and say who we were and why we were there, including everybody in the village. And then they brought us up one by one and they splashed water and then whacked us with nettles <laughs> and made us drink this chicha, this fermented like alcoholic drink. And then they made us snort tobacco up our nose, Ooh, with our liquid ouch. tobacco, which was like, oh, I was like drooling. It was great. <laughs> Socially acceptable drooling, no. <laughs> and, uh, and then they, yeah, they cleansed the energy off of the city off of us. And then once they did that, they, they painted our faces with this plant, and they gave each of us a Sakura name. <clears throat> and the name that they gave me was Inyaku, which they told me that Inyaku was a plant in the jungle, but it used to be a woman. And she was a woman that lived in the jungle and her love and what she did in the jungle was that she painted all of the plants and animals. And she loved the animals and the plants (laughs) so much that she turned herself into a plant and her, the the fruit from her vines, what they use to paint themselves. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that is the, what they called me. They called me Inyaku. So that was really cool. <laughs> so that's what I was beaming. I was just like, oh, okay. So um, yeah. So there's Elena. Uh-huh. Yeah, they used to call me Inyaku. No. So, there they came and put this in my lap. I was like, what? Oh, my God. A it's a little puppy. Aww. Is that a, is a movie? Yeah. So, there's Elena drinking some of the chicha. I have a movie of that. I guess I didn't put it in. Sorry. You know, the black on their hands is a kind of plant that they use to dye their hair. So it's like they take it out of this root, and then they take the black and they put it on their hair. And they also paint their faces with it. You saw the picture of her when she was little. So they paint their faces, but they also put it in their hair. And they obviously just get it all over their hands because they don't care. And I think it's quite beautiful. So you'll see the whim they'll have it kind of all around. And that fades after a while. But they like, they like to put it in their hair. They put it in the men's hair, too. I forgot the name the nail polish. <laughs> I know No, I'm just wondering What about? Standard nail polish? Yeah, No, I don't know So she's drinking the chicha And at this point I was like, alright, whatever I'm just going to do whatever these people tell me to do I'm here, I'm totally dependent on them I'm just going to eat what they give me. I'm going to do whatever they say. And I was, it, was, it was so foreign and so incredible that I was just like, okay, you know, I'll drink the fermented, chewed up, whatever. <laughs> so then they brought us these delicious little quinoa patties all wrapped up in this leaf. Everything was vegetarian? Yeah, yeah, for us, yeah, because they knew that we were vegetarian so, well, and gluten-free. That, what are we at? So those are little quinoa, quinoa cakes that they made out of quinoa. Quinoa and yucca, and they had, like I think, some little bits of mushrooms, forest mushrooms, and really, really delicious. It was all wrapped up. They came and brought it each one to us. They were, you know, so, so then we all went down to the river, and we all got into these canoes, and we're going to then journey down to, away from the Sapra village and down, down to the Naku center, and Naku Center is, is a project from Elliot at Runa Foundation where they're basically um, Minari, they basically, because they believe they're in a state of extinction, they want to open up their community for people to come in and learn from them and they want to teach everything they know about medicinals and they want to help heal people. So they're building the center so that they basically can have a way to show the president and to show it show that there's if there's value in the forest and that money can be made, but that people will want to come to them and learn. And, and instead of just, you know, devastating the forest for oil, that there's actually of ecotourism and that people will come to be there. Um, so they're all really excited about this. So anyway, so we got into this canoe and we went downriver for about a half an hour with our luggage and everything. If I'd known, I don't know why I brought a nice piece of luggage. It was so silly. I should have just bought, brought it. But anyway, a duffel bag. So here's us getting to the Naku Center. That was the new staircase. So it's all still in construction right now. That we walked up the path. That's the ceremonial house in the background. These are... This is just sort of the simple... That's the kitchen over to the left. There's the bathroom in the back. So there was no um, uh, showers, no toilets. So we had to bathe in the river, which was a little nerve-wracking at first. This is where we slept. Um, And, you know, it was definitely... uh, Like, I think I'm so, like, I love camping, but it was really, like, I had to really get over a lot of, like little fears that i didn't think i had like i mean i like bugs but like actually having like giant like cockroaches like in your bed at night where you're just like okay out out you're kind of like you know what i mean you kind of like can't avoid it what about I mean, not I... jaguars and stuff yeah there's jaguars there there's ocelots there's in the river there's um anacondas like every night, they told us not to go down to the river at dusk because there's anacondas, um, there's piranhas in the river, there's uh, crocodiles, piranhas, um, poisonous stingrays. I mean, every night that I got into my little mosquito net, uh, there was a, like a tarantula the size of my hand, like outside the like. And you, I mean, they don't hurt you though. But it's like you definitely have to get like. To where you're like, okay, (laughs) I hope I don't step on a stingray. And if I do, I'm going to need these people to heal me with whatever plants they have around. Because, you know, there's no roads and there's no... You know, which was quite incredible, actually. Because it put me into such a state of trust and and innocence. Like, childlike innocence. That I was just like, I'm free and I'm safe. And I'm, you know, so happy. Um, So... Here we are having a meal. They made beautiful, beautiful food. He was the cook. There's Elena and Minari and Autumn, and there's Elliot. And they did, they made beautiful meals for us. So Elena lives in Sariaku. So she lives in the other community that has successfully kept oil drilling off their property. Belin and Minari are her godparents, so she was invited to come on this trip with us. She's she's 14. And so she's, you know, the the Sapor are very connected to the people of Sarayaku, and they're going to be even more connected because they're all going to be working with them with this new communication system to basically learn from them how to keep oil drilling. And they literally are going to use these low-frequency radios that the Chinese and the government can't hear to basically find out... When the Chinese are trying to land their Cessnas to, to, to do the exploring, they're going to literally, like, communicate with these, you know. Usually they, they communicate by foot. So it takes them hours to run through the forest and days to talk to each other. So they're going to have these low-frequency radio systems so that they'll be able to run out and block the runways and keep the Chinese from being able to land. So it's a war. <laughs> but, you know, they got to do what they got to do. So... Yeah, so that's Elena, and so this is, so the first time we got there, we just came, we, we went to sleep, we were like, you know, they were like, oh, if you're dirty, just go bathe in the river, but don't stay in too long, because there might be anacondas, <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, it was just like, okay, um, and it was like really mushy it was like quicksand so you'd take a step and then your foot would sink like 2 feet and it was just like oh and it was really like i was like perched on a rock like first like like with the water and then i was just like okay well i better get i better get over it you know and so so then so and then that first night i went to bed and then i was in bed and i was finally, like relaxed and i was like oh okay i'm here and the sounds were like crazy like billions of insects and animals making noises at different frequencies i mean that in itself is worth the trip just to hear never heard anything like it and the stillness like this the silent and then the sound i did (laughs) i did many recordings of that Uh, in fact i'll play some of them yes so i was all curled up in bed and then autumn came over and she was like oh they're doing more tobacco they're doing a tobacco ceremony and i was like Oh, okay, seriously? All right, whatever, I'm going to do it all. So I came out, and they were all sitting there, all the guys, and I didn't know, I thought it was just going to be the, like, the, like, liquid tobacco, which I'd done already. And so they came up with this, like, reed that was shaped like this, and were, like, oh, oh. and, like, shot this, like, tobacco, like, up. Up their nose? <laughs> up my nose, like, up my nostrils. Oh <laughs> and I was just, like, oh. <laughs> And then they did the other one, and it was, like, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> what it was like one well, of those things you know it was really really intense it hurt it was like shockingly painful um, it was like somebody had just blasted powdered tobacco tobacco up into your brain and so that happens and then you're just like oh and you're like it's running out of your nose and then you, it starts dripping down your throat so you're like spitting it out and then you have to like hold on to something because then this energy just. Like, And then it's like this grounding energy from about this area that like grounds you into the ground. So you have to just sit down. And that part felt kind of good, but I did not think it was worth it. I don't think I would do it again. But I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. did. It only lasted like five minutes. And then they were all doing it again. I was like, no! I was like, I'm going to bed now. Thank you very much. So this is, this is the liquid tobacco, So they take it and they wrap it and they dry it and then this they mix with water and then they take a portion of that and squeeze it like into your hand and you're supposed to go and then it like it's supposed to like make you clear to give you clarity and, and you know. Did you do that one? I did. I did it all. <laughs> No, that one was okay. But after I'd done it a couple times, I was like, okay, I've experienced that. <laughs> but I had to try it, you know, because this is something they've been doing for thousands of years. So I was like, hey, everybody else is doing it, you know, peer pressure. So, <laughs> not really. So here I am laying in bed at night. Wait, this was funny. outside. Well, what? That's this is. No, sorry. This is not night. This is the, this is the forest. But I wanted to talk about the nighttime and the sounds. So here's some of the recordings. This is (laughs) morning. Most of the people that live there, they grow up, they can tell the time just by the different sounds of, the, of all the different creatures. There's different ones that chime in at different times, and they're like, oh, Elena kept going, oh, it's three o'clock now, because here, da, 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 and then she go, oh, it's six o'clock, and, right, you know, because she would know the different sounds, and they're they're like clockwork. So they brought these fish for us, which I didn't eat any of, but can you believe those things? Oof. They're fish, maybe they're like water wraps. I think yeah, those are bananas. <laughs> bananas. That, are they already cooked? Are, they're already cooked, so you just had to open them up and pull the pull the flesh up. I was like, No, thank you. <laughs> so here's the river. The next day we woke up and we had incredible weather when we were there. Usually it rains for like two hours a day, like fours, four and it didn't rain the whole time we were there. Um, and the river really was beautiful. Once you got used to it and got over your fear of like stepping on a poisonous stingray or anything like that you just were like okay I don't care I'm, I'm going to swim and Elena was just diving in every couple hours and I was like okay she grew up in this she's she's fine you know so um what was the temperature like? it was like body temperature it was perfect temperature it was incredible and there were deep spots, and then spots that were about up to your waist. So you could go upriver or downriver, and you could just kind of float down on your back and go to the deeper areas. And there were places where there were little rapids. And and you were really kind of just on your own. They were just like, go bathe in the river. And it's like, they didn't even tell us about the stingrays or anything. I had to find out later. So every couple hours, you know, boats would go by, and kids would come running up and stare at us and... I gave them some candies that I had from the hotel. They were so excited. It was like I'd given them a million dollars. They were like, (gasps) you know. It wasn't like, anyway. So that day we woke up and we went on this incredible four-hour walk into the forest with Minari, um, who was explaining to us about all of these different plants. This was when we saw um, two toucans. So he's pointing out the toucans. So this was a cicada house. because so the cicadas are actually ceramic. They they make their houses out of clay, out of soil. And they build these things and build these things, and they live in there. And then they hatch and they come out and they mate and they make their sounds and then they die. This is what they look like inside. Really amazing. And they get to be like you know like this tall. They have like a little. They build them and build them, and they're all over the place. Really amazing. I think so, yeah. They stay underground for, yeah, like 16 or 17 years, and then they come out and build these little towers, and then they release out of the top of these ceramic towers. And they only live to make their sounds for, I think, like a week before they, yeah, they mate and they. Incredible. Um, this is Minari. He made this little boat where he was telling people's fortunes about their love life. He was, anybody that wanted to know. <laughs> He was like, oh, okay, yeah, your partner is coming, and blah, blah, blah. He was like, anybody that wants. And he did it by putting these little things, and he was observing how they were floating around and how they were connecting with each other and what they were doing. And then he would tell somebody there. But they're really cool. <laughs> um, this was really quite shocking to me. I, At some point, Minari came over and was like, is it okay if we harvest um, some. Um, Heart of palm. Heart of palm, and I was, we were like oh yeah fine but well, we didn't realize that they had to cut down an entire massive tree to take the Heart of palm. Yeah. tiny little center yeah. huh. and we were like they went running off and then 10 minutes later it was like whoosh, like this massive tree goes barreling through the forest we were like oh god but it was tasty we had it for mm-hmm. lunch the next day and it ended up being a piece about this big that they carried out huh? about this big Wow, yeah.
0: But that's, that's generally a problem with the Amazon stuff.
1: I did yeah. they walk out. Yeah. I resisted from like walking over around for an hour looking for baby birds and things. I was like, okay, let it go. <laughs> <sighs> so there were so many municipal plants. Every, every five minutes he would stop. This is a kind of tuber that cures snoring. So any of us that snored, he came and like did this little. Song and like rubbed it on our nose like right here and was like this is going to help your snoring and i heard it worked so oh cool was that mm-hmm. this is just more really medicine? cool plants yeah more medicine this is a soap that they use um this was this tree that has water in it they cut it open and we all were able to drink from it, it has this delicious sweet water in it oh. it's a vine, huh? yeah it's a vine and they had these ants that they wanted to give to us that tasted like lemon. They were like, oh, yum, yeah, they're good. I was like, no. I didn't have... What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. How long do they live at the younger in the long time? That's a really good question. I'm not sure. I mean, Minari's mother, Mukasawa, she's in her 90s. I think they live really, really, you know long time. These are these mushrooms, and I didn't go into the forest at night, although I really wanted to. Jaime has experiences in the Amazon, but this is a type of mushroom that glows in the dark, and apparently there's many different plants that glow in the dark, and many different mushrooms that glow in the dark. I did have the experience of experiencing at night there's six or seven different types of fireflies of all different colors oh, and beetles that are like lit up with different lights not that oh, just flicker like fireflies that actually have lights on them. Oh, I mean it's really incredible. Talk about fireworks. <laughs> yeah. So these were different there's mushrooms everywhere so the little mushroom on the right that was he took that paste part and he crinkled it up and he put it in our ear and it cleans your ear and it makes this wonderful little singing song it's this you know crackling crunching, sparkling little song that's in your ear and he was so delighted when he put it in our ear and this is what the kids do for fun you station to so this was a, um, this is a monkey comb. He says the monkeys use these to comb their fur and their hair. <laughs> it's some kind of, some kind of tube. So I'm going to go back because one of these slides had some of the medicinal, okay, here we go. Some of the different plants that he showed me cure cancer. It was the ear mushroom. There was an, an aesthetic anesthetic plant that they use for hunting for like, Paralyzing animals so that it doesn't hurt them. They also use it for doing surgery. They're able to put it into people's muscles and then they do like open heart surgery without people feeling pain. Um, they have a menstrual tea that makes your period only last for one day. Um, they had uh, things for curing, <laughs> <laughs> things for curing snake bites. They had this other plant that was for cosmetic, and he like broke it up and and all the women we all rubbed it on our faces. He said, Oh, it's going to make you young again, and you know, and it actually really stung. I was like, Oh, I think I'm allergic to this. Um, there was the anti-snoring tuber. Um, there was something for that was a liver, liver cleanse, and then there was something that cures hepatitis. But, I mean, the, the, you know, this was just a little hike, but it's filled with, I mean, there's these leaves that, that have, that taste like pepper that they wrap the fish in and they bake it and all of the, the, the taste from the, from the leaves go into, the, you know, it was just, he could have, we could have just kept walking and there was thousands of plants with uses, really cool. That was the monkey cone. So this was the spirit hole. You could not see the bottom of this hole. And he came out, he said, this is where the, spirit, the spirits live, he said, a lot of the spirits that live in the forest, a lot of them live in here at night, and he said, don't ever ever come up here at night he said, because they'll, and he like showed us he said, they'll reach out and they'll grab you and they'll pull you into the hole <laughs> It's like, okay so so this was um, coming back to the little where we were staying And they taught us this little song that is what the men and the women sing when they're returning to the village so that the men know that the women are coming and the women know that the men are coming. Filled with fun stuff like that. Um, so and this is what we work this is what we came back to. This is the ceremonial house, and we came back and there was this huge rainbow that was connecting to the scent to the top of the ceremonial house. I thought that was a beautiful sign. Um, so we went on that four-hour hike, and this this is this is Elena. I was like, you have to let me photograph you. <laughs> they photographed, took some pictures oh, of her. Wow. She's really amazing. Wow, yeah. awesome. Thank you. I did a whole series of her. She was so happy. No, no, I brought my film camera. Is that? That's yeah, that's film. Yeah, yeah. I did a whole series that's of her. That's incredible. Portrait. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, she's really happy she's never really been photographed before, and I was like, these are for you. The clarity of her eyes, amazing. Yeah. She's so in her element. You know, she is a child of this forest. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to give her. Yeah. So, so, here she is walking along the riverbank. She's 14. She's 14. And her sister is Nina, who wrote this incredible, incredibly beautiful statement to the world, which also states that she will fight to the death. She's kind of putting a target on her back. All of the women are. Her, her aunt, Patricia, is also being really, really outspoken about... about against oil drilling you know, and the, you know the, the government and the Chinese government are against them so you know we'll see what's going to happen so I was there for four days um, and so this is on the last day just a little movie of the river was just so beautiful so are those boats like made out of a hollowed out tree yes wow. yes and this is their ancient ancient technique they've been making these can- canoes in this way for you know thousands and thousands of years and I actually met um, one of Belin's friends, who's a 20-year-old kid from Boston, who's been living there for four years. He was working with pachamama and then he got thrown out of the country, and now he's snuck back in. And he's now with the Achawar people. And he's helped them design a 20-person canoe that's made with the original style that will run on solar panels. What? And he's been working with guys so from cute. MIT. So he invited us. He said, if you want to come to the first the first canoe ride on the solar canoe. I was like, I don't know, I'll think about it. But a really amazing young kid just down there dedicating his life to helping these people. So that was it. That was. Uh, so we got back into the canoes. So I have lots of little movies like this of water and of different scenes. So we went back into the community where they showed us our, their ceramics. They also have been doing ceramics for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Um, all the materials are found in the jungle. I have some of the ceramics here if anyone wants to take a look at them. They take- Take away black
0: on inside?
1: Yeah, that's a resin from a tree. That's the last stage that they, they paint them with this resin while they're still warm. And then the resin brings out this, the heat brings out the resin from this tree and makes them shiny. They take about six days to make. They use a sharpened piece of bamboo to cut the rim. Um, They use a piece of dried pumpkin skin dipped in water for smoothing. And then they let them dry for three days. Then they're polished with a quartz pebble from the river. And then they're painted with the natural minerals that they find at the riverbank. The the paintbrushes are made from human hair. And they have three colors. If you guys want to pass this around, these have, have the three primary colors that they have. There's a terracotta, an ash white, and a charcoal brown. So then the pieces are, are set right in the fire. There's ash in the center of that so that it doesn't break for about 40 minutes. And then they're varnished with a twig from the protrium tree while still warm. And the heat from the pot drains out the resin, which gives that fold the shiny finish. So they were showing us all of their stuff. And then we had a little a, a gathering in, uh, um, Minari's mother's house, and Minari is the woman that went and met with all of the communities and had the mass of forgiveness because they love her. They all decided to create an alliance. So here we are in Mukasawa's house, and these are her little baby birds. And she told me that through a translator that she likes these kind of little baby birds because she teaches them to help her fold all the clothes. <laughs> And to fold the bed. She said that they help her fold the bed. So Elliot was like, I don't know about that. He said, I think maybe she must have seen like Snow White or something. He's like, sometimes they make things up, you know. But so. Sarah, do they just put logs straight down on the and they just keep pushing them in as they burn? That's what it looks like. Oh, wait. Okay. So cool. That's, yeah, here's Mukasawa. Here's Mukasawa. She speaks the traditional language. She's yeah, one of the four laps that speaks sappara. She's gonna feed them. She's chewing on peanuts and spinning them out and feeding them.
0: Are they tanagers? I am not
1: sure. Maybe we would know. Look at the little monkey in the background. Much about Baby ducks, little chicks, puppies everywhere. Oh my god, they're all They all all live in our house. She loves animals. <laughs> Look at those little ducks. I put that I was <laughs> I I human milk, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little warmest that we're drinking. We got that on, the got that Every time she see sees me, she going "My daughter, my daughter." Aww. So sweet. So off we went. That's the runway. That no, experience. she's never, she's never been out. And wow. Most of them have never been out. So that's so, literally the world. That's the world to them, you know. Wow. And for millions of years, these communities. There used to be two hundred thousand. There's well, now right? five hundred. So, like, like it that, was incredible. Oh. They have no money. They have no. Like, oh, they were so, like, incredible. So curious and, and silly and, like, without speaking a word, like, all you had to do is be playful, and they loved you. Like, they so wanted to communicate and play and show you things. and You're one of the, the- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> That's what I felt like. <laughs> <laughs> i know i didn't want to leave when i was there i mean i was only there for five days but i did not when i was once i got into it i was like i don't want to leave you know like i don't want to leave these people you know and you do feel this instant connection and um loyalty i think you couldn't help it you're like i want to stay here and like help these people because they're so you know it's like they're fighting these oil corporations with spears and bows and arrows, you know, and they're so, you know, they're really, they're the caretakers of these forests. So, so off we went, and so we flew into Tena, and this is uh, the river right next to the hotel we were staying. Um, this, the name of this river translated in Kichwa means Sad Peanuts, <laughs> which is really weird. Sad what? Sad Peanuts. Peanut? Peanuts? Peanuts that like the The sadness of the peanuts the sadness of the peanuts (laughs) so this is the lodge where we stayed this is the napo river which is right that that flows right through tena this is so this water actually comes from the andean glaciers it passes through um cloud forest tropical mountain forest lowland tropical forest and then into the Brazilian Amazon where it travels 3,000 miles before it reaches the Atlantic. So this is incredible water. Um, each one of those systems that it passes through it has an entirely separate ecosystem of plants and species. And it passes through seven or eight of them. Wow. Incredible. Um, the Chinese are now starting to use it to get deeper into the Amazon, unfortunately, because it's a big waterway. Um this was the market. Some interesting things. I don't. That's guayusa on the on the right, which is a tea, medicinal tea. No, no, they're not. There's some kind of, uh, the, yeah, kind of like, yeah, kind of like a carrot. I know they look like maggots, something. So then I went to go visit um, the Runa Center, where they're uh, growing guayusa, uh, and they were you know, doing primarily sustainable forestry. They're creating livelihoods for indigenous people. They work with 3,000 families in 300 different communities where they're growing this Wayusa tea um, and teaching them basically su- sustainable forest management practices so they don't have to devastate their forests, but they actually can grow this tea and they can make an income from it. Um, <clears throat> this is a picture of what that looks like. So then we went on this long hike to one of those communities that they're working with um, with helping them to create products that they can sell to the market so this is a community um, there's a hundred people there it's called Libertad and they renamed themselves Libertad just five years ago, they were in a community downriver, and they moved up the hill, they all had worked on this plantation for this German man since the 1930s, they said he was very mean and treated them like slaves and they all had to move these giant rocks around so they all quit and they moved up runa helped them and they were able to connect with this hundred hundred thousand acre forest and now they're working with runa and they work for themselves so they're growing um oh cool that's, that's, have a if anybody wants to try some of the wayu tea it's not going to get you higher <laughs> it's just caffeinated Yeah, it's medicinal. This is the traditional gourd that they drink it out out of. of. (laughs) Um, So, so Runa, of course, has a whole, they have like 20 interns there from all over the world, revolving, that that are incredible. We met with all the interns. They do house stays in all these different communities. At this point... Yeah, no. So once we flew out of the Amazon and into Tena, which is the like Amazonian basin, that's we went back to where the roads are. Oh. So we went back to Tena, which is where Runa has their office, and Runa is partners with Naku, and Naku Center is that organization run by the Sapra people that is the healing center where they're going to be inviting people in to do ceremonies. So they're in a partnership with um, with Runa. So I brought some coca tea. <laughs> I brought coca tea, <laughs> and I brought some other stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sarah, yes. Kind of like their hospital, right? It's not. You know. It's, I mean. Yes, it's their hospital because they don't have a hospital. That's yeah. they shaman, They have a shaman, and he works with medicinal plants and does traditional healing on people. I mean, if somebody gets really, really, really sick they'll get try to get them out of their community and, and to Western medicine. But that's really, really rare. I mean, for millions of years, they just, you know... So so this, this is us on a walk. So anyway, there's a huge medicinal garden here um, with uh, in Libertad. We walked around the medicinal garden. This is the river that it's on. It's really, really beautiful. All the kids were on, on inner tubes going down. So then we went to their little ceremonial house. And... This is the women making wayusa. That's what it looks like. But wayusa is the tea that's being okay. passed around. This really incredible traditional plant that. You know, I have a whole an entire study on it. If you want to read it, it'll tell you everything about it. Really, really, really good for you apparently. And the the people there actually drink drink it as a snake repellent. So I thought I should bring some back. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so there, when we were there, we did a, a, a guayusa tea ceremony where we all sat around this hut, and all, everybody introduced themselves, and their shaman came and talked to us. And then one the, of the interns told me a really funny story um, t- about, he was really worried because the, all of the interns went up with the shaman in the ceremonial house, and they were just supposed to do a guayusa ceremony, but apparently the, the shaman ended up taking ayahuasca. And he was all freaked out because apparently he was started to have all of these visions. And there was one really quiet, quiet girl that was an intern, and she heard he ever talked, and she was super mousy. And all of a sudden, the shaman like was like got all excited, but running over to her, and he grabbed her head and was like, and like started sucking on her forehead. And he gave her a huge hickey on her forehead. And then, like right here. And they were like, oh my god, like is she okay? And she was so happy. She's like, I've had migraines my whole life. And wow. Her, her, her oh my life. God. Yeah. So they were all worried. They were like, that was very unacceptable. But she was, she was <laughs> <laughs> So you never know what's gonna happen in this. <laughs> wow. So these are all the kids. All... <laughs> these were all the kids oh coming and looking at us while we were doing it's just kids were amazing. So there's another picture of of uh, Minari, who's an incredible person, by the way. Amazing, amazing person. And so after we were in Tenna and we went to see some of those communities, that was it. We, we got into a car. They mostly go around barefoot. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, all of the people there, they all go around barefoot. Yeah, all the time. Which is crazy. I had know, full right boots on and long, long pants. pants like, you know. Yeah, they yeah they know where to stop. They're not worried about. It. And I was I got probably like 700 like, I clothes there, and I was wearing. I was like had rubber boots up to here, and long pants and long sleeve the whole time, and they still got in. After a while, I just gave up. I was like, just come and eat me. <laughs> Because they live whatever blood tape they like, I have it, I guess. So it's just a losing battle. But I, would, I was fine with it after a while. I was like, I'm here to like, see all these species. If you want to feed on me. We the environment. Yeah. And it was, you know, like the, the yeah, repellents didn't work. In so... <laughs> in your, uh, yeah. Your <laughs> oh, God. So that was it. And after that, we uh, traveled up to. Uh, back up to Quito and spent the night and flew out the next day. So it really was like non-stop the whole time we were there, but it was really, really, really incredible. And I highly recommend that if anybody go there, that they spend more than four days there. I would spend at least a week in Amazon because I was just at the point where I was really comfortable like I would have done anything.
0: Oh yeah you me. gone through the
1: gateway yeah Yeah well I would have gone out alone at night I would have like probably gone barefoot like it was just like you you just kind of have to adapt yeah yeah yep so that's wow. <laughs>
0: Enjoyed the latest Explorers Club session. For more information, please visit metabolicstudio.org and thank you.